<laughs> okay, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Snatch Podcast. Uh, you're here with your boy Ewart and the lovely Latoya. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and yes, so we are bringing you another episode to our uh, season two. I'm not a celebrity. Get me out of here. So this episode is called Step Up to the Plate, um, and I'm going to hand you over to Latoya to give you a little bit of context. But before I hand it over to Latoya, just want to say again, thank you so much to everyone who's been reaching out and sending us feedback um, around the previous episode that we've done. If you're not following us at current, then please feel free to follow us, follow us on Instagram, snatch.podcast. Um, and then if you'd like to get in contact with us, obviously you can share your feedback in the posts. And then equally, you can give us an email, drop us an email um, on contact at snatchpodcast.com. So without further ado, I'll hand it over to Latoya to give us a bit of context and background. Go ahead. Oh, this is this is an interesting one. It's going to be quite a, a mm. controversial episode, I feel. But obviously, we step up to the plate. We're going to be looking at issues and struggles around co-parenting, step-parenting and deadbeat parenting. Um, the focus for our story and the basis of this is to do with Jordan, aka Katie Price, Dwight York and their son Harvey, which is all very apt with the documentary that came out on the BBC, uh, I think it was last week or about 10 days ago. So I'm just going to give a little background to the story in case you don't know who Katie Price is. So Katie Price is a glamour model, celebrity, I guess. And she became yeah. pregnant with her son, Harvey, who was born in May 2002 after briefly dating Premier League or former Premier League footballer Dwight York. Her relationship was super short um, because basically Katie found out that Dwight had been cheating on her live on camera while she was pregnant with the son. Not great. So they have a very rocky relationship um, and they had that throughout her pregnancy. Um, he did turn up to visit her in hospital when he was born but then decided not to be a part of Harvey's life um Dwight himself has said um, in regards to lack of contact it is a combination of different things one my schedule and being based up in Manchester and a footballer on a on an everyday basis not sitting there and saying I'm a total perfect father I've made mistakes along the way and I would love to turn the clock back that was back in 2009 and then mm. Katie herself said in her autobiography in 2014, the last time Harvey's biological father, Dwight York, saw him, which was around eight years ago, the first thing he asked was, why is Harvey so big? Why was I overfeeding him? I'd explained Harvey's condition to Dwight many times, but he refused to understand it and kept going on about him being fat. It's sad that he's unable un to accept Harvey for who he is and seems unable or unwilling to work within his limitations. On that occasion, I think Dwight wanted to blame someone for the fact that his son was disabled. I've always said that if Dwight could see what a courageous and talented boy Harvey is, then he would enjoy being with him so much. Um, I don't think he's seen Dwight since he was four, which is a long mm -hmm. time. Um, yeah, if you don't time. know, it's a very long time. And if you don't know about Harvey, he is autistic. He's partially blind and has the genetic disorder Prada Willie, I had to check that I said that correctly. Prada Willie syndrome. Um, mm. Since then, Katie has had children with two further men um, who've all played a role in Harvey's life. And Dwight has also had another son um, who's 14, who he shares with, um, I don't know if it's his girlfriend anymore, but Naomi Smith. So, with that as mm. our background, we've got a lot to unpick here. We do. Um, and it's, it's a very sensitive story. Um, mm -hmm. If you watched the documentary in the last uh, week or so, you would have seen, or my takeaway was that I think Katie is a fantastic mum, whatever you think about her in the mm -hmm. media. Um, I actually think Harvey is a funny, uh, young, funny, interesting, intelligent young man, even with all these um, disabilities that he has. And I think that's a testament to Katie actually raising him 
as a great mum. That's my kind of starting mm. point. But let's get into discussions around co-parenting because this is this is the crux of the issue with Harvey and Katie. Yeah. Harvey, Katie and Dwight, where Dwight doesn't take any part really in, in the parenting. Do you think it's better to separate or do you think people need to make more of an effort to stay together to raise children? So for me, I think um, it is uh, a tough one because I do feel, you know what, like you need to be, you can make an effort, more of an effort to stay together with one another. But fundamentally, if the relationship, if there's nothing left in the relationship, then you staying there, you're going to resent, obviously, your partner. And then it will seep through in the behaviour with how you parent your child. So I appreciate and I think it's admirable that some um, uh, couples uh, or some, yeah, some yeah, some couples and some partners really do try to stay together uh, for the sake of the children. But actually, I do think it's probably better to kind of like, you know what, separate and co-parent because therefore you're not in each other's spaces and I think you're able to have uh, a conducive relationship if you're able to have a conducive relationship with your partner I think that supports the co-parenting but it makes it harder as well if you do separate and the relationship is not there because I do feel that people are not able and it's quite tough to almost manage your emotions and ensure that your emotions don't necessarily negatively impact how your children view your partner or their dad or their mother, etc. So I am a true believer in you can see if you can manage to make it work, but fundamentally you need to then make a decision because if it's not working, then you know what? Separate because you go in your separate ways absolutely supports the the um you know the upbringing of your children. In saying that though, on the flip side, it's probably quite hard because probably it could be, or there probably are some examples where it is financially harder mm. to separate from your you know from 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 your spouse to then make do it by yourself or make it on your own so mm. I appreciate the financial implications and the strains that it can have that could stop people from obviously separating and it's probably quite hard isn't it like for example if I was married and I had a house and kids and actually me and the partner separated you know we can't really live in the same house because no. I just couldn't see myself doing that although some couples do mm -hmm. but there will have to be some point where you will have to sell the family home and then go your separate ways and therefore you've got children in the middle so actually where do the children stay yeah, do they yeah. stay five days there and for two days with me or vice versa it's very very hard it's very difficult so mm. that's my take um on, on on that question like what's your view is there anything else like for, for you is like yeah I think it's like there's a lot of obstacles involved in trying mm. to co-parent and I think you covered quite a lot of them in terms of finances you know and also I think an interesting one is when a new partner is involved um so I think sometimes I've seen it happen where one parent moves on with another partner and mm. um the one that is whatever the other parent that's feeling resentful or the one that is the main carer for the child whether that's father or mother uses the child mm -hmm. as a pawn like it's like revenge mm -hmm. like between like the you well you're not going to see your child because i know that you're with this person this weekend um or you're not going to see your child because like i'm still in my feelings about the breakdown of the relationship and it is yeah. very difficult to like navigate that because i think how do you how do you make that fair for the child? I mean, we're still humans. Like people still can be hurt and heartbroken and upset. And obviously the child is a priority, but then you've also got two parents who are trying to navigate the breakdown of a relationship and then try and make that fair for the children. Mm. 
the effects mm. of that on the children is like I mean, you, you can't even measure it. Some kids are perfectly fine and they are happy that their parents are not together, especially if they're older, if their parents have been arguing constantly, it's been a horrible, toxic environment. But for other children, it can be very, very difficult because that's all they've known. Maybe you've done a really good job of hiding that you don't get along or you've done a very good job of like disguising the yeah. relationship. So it can be completely out of the blue. It can even affect people who are like in their like 20s, 30s, 40s that their parents start to separate even though they're growing mm. and they've got families of their own, because it's it's just, it's heartbreaking. You don't want your parents to not be together. So yeah. I think in trying to divide up that time and trying to, to find a way around it, the children are the most important part of that. But I do understand mm. where why that gets lost in the ether because you, you're too busy trying to navigate maybe trying to find somewhere to live, trying to make sure that, you know, you're not, maybe you put the deposit down for the house and suddenly you're the person that's yeah. been kicked out. You know, maybe you've been the one supporting the family all this time and, you mm. know, you're, you know, you now have to, to uproot and go. I, I get it from both points, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. there are exclusions to this scenario, especially if one parent's been abusive or hitting you yeah. know, the mum or whatever's going on. That is completely different. That one, you you gotta go. You gotta protect your children mm -hmm. from that. Um, but I guess yeah. moving on from that kind of point, it's like, what about deadbeat mm -hmm. parents? And I know that term is so harsh, but I have to use yeah. it because the, I just that's just the only way that I see it. Um, I know dads yeah. tend to get the forefront of this, but what about when a mother does it? Like, is it worse? For me, I I don't think it is because if you've got a deadbeat parent, you've got a deadbeat parent. Mm -hmm. I think just because obviously, you know, it's with with a woman, it's more maternal. So I think the maternal instinct in society outweighs the paternal instinct, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And that's more of a focus. Um, but you know what? I do feel that, yeah, you can have a deadbeat. For me, I don't necessarily think it's worse. Mm -hmm. I think either or. I think it might it might it might depend on the child actually, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And actually, this I know this sounds really bad, but it might depend on the sex of the child. Do you think so? Because I do feel uh, maybe maybe the reasons why I say that is because you know I think it, a, a girl you know there's also like you know you have got daddy's girl and like yeah. mummy's boy etc etc and you, I kind of get that, but I think you know what as a mother if you've got a daughter and you know, you'll do, you know, that, you know, the struggles that you've gone through being a woman, um, being a woman of color, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I do feel that you are in a position where you can really, um, relay your knowledge and support your daughter in that way, because you know, the experience of what she's going to go through or any challenges that she's going to go through in the future and using that same context for, for, for dads and their sons as well. Yeah. So I do feel like there's some, I feel there might be, I think, yeah, I think it could have, um, what am I trying to say? Um, I think it has something to do with the gender. Whereas then I think if you've got a deadbeat mum and you've got a daughter, then the daughter's not necessarily going to have almost like that insight. So what she's going to go through. And then, as I said, the same for, for dads as well. Um, mm. So that's just something that just popped into my mind just now. But in saying that, I do believe that, you know, we have got parents out there that have had to be in both parents. So dads yeah. who have had to be mum and dad yeah. um, and, you know, vice versa. So whilst it doesn't really matter from a, from a, um, maybe an emotional supportive perspective, but it might matter 
due to a future context perspective mm-hmm. what they will go through if that makes any sense mm-hmm. i don't even know if that no, makes it sense. does it does it does make sense it does make sense i think <laughs> i think i think i th- i think i think it's worse when the mother leaves only okay. because now i am a mother and i i see how much care i have to give to a small child I'm not saying that a dad cannot do it like you said rightly said some people have to be mum and dad no matter what um I do agree that the gender can play also play a big part in that like if the mum leaves and it's a daughter or the dad leaves and it's a son I agree I definitely agree with that but the reason why I think that it's worse is because of how much nurturing you have to do from when that child is born like it's a it's a daily job and that is the that is the you your child has been inside your body for nine months and they only know you you know I think I read you know when I started re- preparing for parent like being a parent you know the child actually thinks you're the same person which is madness they think you are the same so they don't understand when you're not there they don't get it because they think that you're one and the same they've been attached to you for so long and it takes longer for a baby they they know who their dad is or the male figure in their life, whoever's in your home, but they they still know that you are the primary caregiver. But I know that there's mm. exceptions to that rule. For example, if you are someone who unfortunately has been raped and you've had to have a ba- like you've had to have the baby and you don't want that, I, that I get. Or say, for example, mm. it does happen where a woman doesn't want to have any more children, maybe didn't even want children in the first place, and it's felt yeah. pressurized by a husband, by a family to have kids and she didn't want it. I remember reading a story about a, um, a guy who was, I think it was on Reddit, you know, like when people giving their am I being unreasonable stories or whatever, saying that the yeah. mum refused to be in the child's life. She had wanted mm. an abortion and he had said, no, I don't want that. They pressurised her into having the baby. So she'd had the baby on the premise that once I have the baby, I'm giving the baby to you. Because I I don't want to have this baby. I don't want to be part of this child's life for whatever reason. So obviously the child's growing. He's realising it's super hard. Of course it is. Raising a baby. He's got support from his mum. But it's very difficult. But he's saying, am I unreasonable to get her to pay child support? Am I unreasonable to try and force her to build a relationship with the child? But the child, doesn't. she doesn't want that relationship. So you can't force it. Yeah. So I do think that's like, I'm trying to see it from both sides. I personally can't do it. But I'm not going to judge a woman that does do it because I, I I understand there must be reasons. It could be even mental health reasons, God knows, or they just don't simply want to be a mum. Exactly. So it's and hard. I think that's what it is as well, because I do feel that you know what, like if a woman was in that situation, if she's not mentally stable in order to, or she's not in a good place where she can actually uh, be the best best version of herself for her child, mm-hmm. then I think that she you know, you have to make a really tough decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, and it's shitty. Yeah. But you know what? I think you need to think about, okay, what, how that child is going to grow up? Because I think people do, I think people forget that childhood trauma will fuck you up for the rest of your life. Mm. Like if you yeah. don't deal with it, that will really impact you. If you have um, an absent parent um, and not a loving parent and there's no boundaries that self-abuse has been set, there's no support, that really will 
fuck you up for your adult life. And I think that brings it on to, you know, the whole concept of like, abs- as we were exploring absent parents and like my personal, yeah. my personal example, where, you know, my dad was, it was quite weird because I think when I was, uh, I was born, I think mum was off for like three months. She went back to work. Mm. And the reason why she went back to work is because she was like, you know what, you know, dad's here, and actually, I need to be the main breadwinner. She was the main breadwinner. My dad was a writer, so creative, all that jazz, and whatever, mm. poet, all that jazz. I'm like, where's the money? Bring in the money for the house. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I spent quite a lot of time with him when I was younger, um, and I think. You know, growing up, I actually lived in Grenada with him for like three years, right? So a little island boy there. Um, so I lived with him and we had quite a strong relationship. But I think after my mum, my mum came to get me um, from Grenada, brought me back. And then the letters was, he would write to me every single month, et cetera, et cetera. But over time, the letters became quite, in, they, they just stopped coming. And then I think he was going through his issues. And to cut a long story short, he was very much of an in and out of my life kind of dad and I think my mum was very clear like look my son doesn't need can't have a part-time father he needs a father so irrespective of whether we're together or not like he just can't have that so I think I really struggled with um his lack of presence being in my life and I think going back to my original point as of you know I think it might depend on the gender because you know as a black boy I was already at a disadvantage. And I think as a black boy, I'm you look at your dads and I think all my other fellow black brothers, but equally to my brothers in general, no matter what colour mm. you are, please feel free to agree with me or disagree with me. But when you look at your dad, your dad is almost at the beacon of, oh my God, that's what I need to be. You aspire to almost be them, right? Yeah. Because of their strength, uh, because of their wisdom, because of, you know what, they're able to show vulnerability. I was really, in fact, my dad's like handwriting was epic right epic mm. I thought, oh my god I want to have handwriting like him so I need to like practice like how I can get my handwriting to look exactly like his right yeah. so he is almost like your hero right mm. um and I think that by him not being as present in my life I think I really did struggle with how to navigate through society being a black boy but then equally being a black gay boy at the same yeah. time and that was quite hard um mm. So I would have expected or what I would have wanted is almost just have that person. And it's not just, it's not from, it's from an emotional perspective, for mm-hmm. sure, that emotional support. It's more from like a future context perspective. So what potentially you would go through. Yeah. But it's more around um, almost like that positive affirmation a little bit. So, mm-hmm. a bit, you know what, you're doing well, you've got this. Like yeah. no one can't tell you what you can and cannot do. The sky is not even your limit, etc. So almost that positive reinforcement. And that's I say that not to say that my mum didn't really give me that, but if I'm honest, quite a large proportion of, you know, me growing up, um, for my adolescent years, going into my teenage years, and then equally, like, you know, my young adult years as well, I had to really kind of, I didn't really have that family kind of support or that one parent kind mm. of like support because my mum was busy doing other things and that's fine. But I think that definitely affected me in the future. And I think I've taken a lot of, um, I've conditioned myself to behave in a particular type of way when it comes to showing emotion and being quite vulnerable in that aspect. Um, and I've had to, I'm learning to uncondition how I've conditioned myself. And that's a journey. And I'm big ass 33. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's quite hard. So that's just me sharing my, my personal um, mm-hmm. experience. And I think going back into, I, I say that to say it does have an effect on, you know, your child's 
well-being in the future and that trauma can they can take that into their adult lives and I think it is important um that yeah I think maybe boys have those father figures or you know girls have those mother figures um so being quite gender biased here (laughs) as as you know that's uh, that's yeah that's where that's my that's my take yeah yours so I have experience of not having I have absent father in my life Mm -hmm. and it's not something I talk about very often because I feel that it's something that I've learned to internalize as I've grown older and it has really had an impact in the way that I approach relationships it's had an impact on the way that I approach parenting even now as an adult so obviously he's not around to defend himself so I have to kind of tell the story in in a fair light but my uh, parents got together when they were quite young and I was going for a period of time and then they uh, came to the United Kingdom together and your mum was pregnant with me at that point and he in putting it shortly is not was not a very nice person he wasn't a very nice person to my mum and definitely was not a very nice person to myself as a as a child um and decided at some point before by the time I was three that he was done being a dad that's not for him he's not interested he's off um and I think I think when I've kind of as I've grown older there's parts of my life that mentally some people can be like I can remember when I had my second birthday or I can remember this I literally cannot remember anything before the age of about four like the mentally there's nothing that it's like a block maybe because mm. of I've repressed a lot of emotion I've repressed a lot of things that have happened but I can't remember anything before that point I feel my earliest memory that I can remember is being in nursery at four and uh, a boy painting over my painting I don't know why I remember that but it made me I had a lot of rage about that memory horrible but anyway <laughs> but that's probably one of the earlier memories and flashbacks of like you know living where we used to live but I have I had zero memory of my dad at all I didn't even know I didn't have a dad that is the, that is how repressed it was I didn't realize when I went to school people have two parents I didn't know this mm-hmm. I only remember wow. my mum so it was until I got to the point where you know you get to about maybe six or seven and you start to realize people have two parents they have mum and dad and you only have mum and I, it's, it had, at that point, it only been like me, my mum and my sister. So I didn't even, I didn't even understand that. He did make an appearance again when I was 10. And I don't know how, I guess he maybe got the address from my grandma. I don't really know what happened, but he came to my mum's house. Mum was, I mean, my mum was very polite. So I didn't notice any difference in her behaviour. And, you know, he came and said hello. I didn't know whose mum was, just thought it was another African uncle. We have many. So, <laughs> and then when he left, my mum was like, do you know who that was? And I was like, no. It's just, oh, that was your dad. And I was like, oh. And I just continued playing with yeah. my parties. I just, it didn't even register. But then, mm-hmm. like, he, uh, you know, decided to, he wanted to try and get custody. It was all just very, very messy. Um, but then it, it just left, obviously, they, the courts were not He's, he's just he's just shit to be quite honest with you he's just a horrible person um you know some of the things that my mom has told me as an adult that he said to her when he was leaving her are abominable you would never say that to someone or your, about your, someone and your children and for to simplify it it was to say that it didn't really matter his dad wasn't in his life and I'm sure it doesn't matter because when we're older 
we're going to come and look after him when he's old. He did all right. So you guys will do all right too. It's just, you just think, okay, the impact that that's yeah. had on me as an adult, me, has, it's, it's a lot. Like, I think, as I said, I talked about it before in other episodes about daddy issues. You know, some women, they can channel that into being more sexually promiscuous. They're looking for love with, with as many men as possible to try and replace the love that's missing. And then you get the very, very tough side. I think I'm leaning more to the very tough side. Um, and I think mm-hmm. also it's made me sometimes, I think, people that I've gone out with or have attracted to, I've attracted in my life, I do think maybe sometimes they try and work very hard to break down that barrier, but not necessarily to break down that barrier because they want me to be softer. I think it's just sometimes I feel like it's to make me broken because you 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 become inherently strong. I know. That's something that I've learned as I've realised a lot. Lockdown gives you a lot of time to think, but it just, it just has, it, they really want to see you weak I think that's what it is and they can't stand it that you're so strong but you haven't got a choice I always say if you don't laugh you'll cry I think that's a a very apt statement for when you don't have a parent you have to just get on but you know for me it's difficult father's day is hard I have never received a card I've never received I've you know I've I've got married I have a kid like I have no contact with my dad whatsoever other than psychotic family members of his that I've tried in the last couple of years to reach out in various weird ways um, that just let me think, do you know what? Is there something just weird going on generally with that genetic bloodline? Yeah. <laughs> because it's just odd. Mm. Um, but in in turn, it has made me, it's always made me appreciate my mum a hundred times more. You know, that's the only parent I have in my eyes. And secondly, it's also made me, really want to make sure that the relationship that with that my daughter has with her dad remains positive and that no matter what even if there's any breakdown in the relationship that she'll always have a positive relationship with her dad because I don't mm-hmm. want I I know the impact of what happens when and that's not mm-hmm. my mom's fault that's actually because he was a shit person but if the person isn't shit and it's just a breakdown relationship the impact that it has on girls is different it is different to boys and it's it's mm-hmm. You're like you know. You said your dad is your hero. For girls, your dad is your first love. That's your first. That's who mm-hmm. you model your relationships on. So when that person's absent, you have Agreed. to model that on. You literally, I have had to model. I don't even have an older brother, so I've had to model what I think a, a relationship or what a man should be to me by myself, which is so hard. Mm-hmm. And that it's only mm-hmm. now at thirty five to be like, I th- I think I get it. But that's taken a long, mm. long, long time. So it's just, it's hard, man. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I agree with you. And I definitely think that, you know what, I think that as a, you know, as a gay boy as well, I think I potentially have been trying to model, uh, I think, yeah, my dad was my hero, but equally it's almost like, oh, okay, cool. That's almost the strong guy, know where he's going, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think potentially I have, uh, I wouldn't say historically I have, seats for that but I do feel that that has been maybe some um that's played a part in terms of like okay cool what aspects that I would go for um in 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 guys as well um and actually you don't really you've got no one to model that off of so you are right actually you learn it through like previous relationships mm-hmm. and experiences etc um, and I think a massive key thing that you turned and said there and I think it really rings true is actually irrespective of if the relationship was to break down between you and your partner or you and your husband actually how driven you are to ensure that your daughter does have or your daughter has a positive relationship with him mm-hmm. because I do feel that sometimes it can be um it is hard 
I agree, it's very hard if the experience that you've had with your partner, and this will go for both guys with their guys and um, this will both go for fathers and mothers and mothers and fathers Mm -hmm. if the relationship has been if the experience has been quite negative Mm -hmm. in that I do it it does take um, an element of courage and mental resilience in order to make sure that your children have a um, a relationship with with, with their parent because Mm -hmm. it can be so uh, people can be in such damaging experiences they just don't necessarily want to and then they will bitch and they'll whine and they'll Mm -hmm. slag off obviously the the parents to the children and then that comes out in the behavior and I know it's super hard it is massively hard um, to not do that I do think that you know you do have a responsibility um, as a parent to ensure that your kids do have some sort of lines of communication or relationship with their mothers if it has broken up or their fathers if the relationship has broken up as well. So I was going to move on to uh, step-parents. Oh, yeah. It's a very tenuous, <laughs> tenuous thing, it's not really. But, um, I, I, you know, talking about step-parents because obviously, as I mentioned earlier, um, Katie Price has had two subsequent major relationships, I think, since then and had kids with, so Peter, Andre, and I can't remember the other one, Kieran something, I think. So she's got kids with each of them since Dwight York. Um, and actually following the documentary, it's actually very lovely to see that both of those step-parents have really um, praised Harvey um, and say he's a very lovely young, because they had such big roles in his life. So um, just how easy is it to step into a real step-parent? Now, I'm very, I have a hard line about step-parents because I am, I have a step-parent. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I've got to be careful what I say online, but I a step step parenting. I listen. Uh, there's no grey area of step parenting. That that's me. I think it's very black and white. I think if you choose to have a child with somebody, or you choose to step into a relationship with somebody, and they have children, you must accept that the children come as part of the package. It's not about stepping in and um, hoping that you can just recreate some new life with the person and discard the previous children or the previous relationship that that person's had with that, the child's parent. The reason why I say this, because when I was researching and doing some reading about this episode, I went into my favourite um, website, Mumsnet, where I get all my help um, when I've got a question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, it's not to dog the person out that wrote the the, the post. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a forum for support and and asking questions. So, it, but it was interesting mm-hmm. because this, this woman had had a, she's been with her partner for quite a long time. She's built a good relationship with her partner's children over the, like, let's say, nine, ten years they've been together. And now they finally have had their own child. Wonderful. She now feels since she's had her child and she knows it's wrong that she just wishes that her partner didn't have kids. She sort of wishes it was just them three. She resents when the children come over and she knows it's a horrible feeling to have, but she just can't help it. She feels that way. Um... And it's just more and more she's realising that she's always going to have to share her partner and the, t- the time that he has between the two sets of children. People were like, it's OK to feel like this. I understand. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> OK, it's not OK. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. I don't have sympathy for people who talk like this. If you choose to engage in a relationship with somebody that's got children, as I said previously, they come as part of the deal. I'm very sorry that you feel upset that you have to split time. But you know what? Think about the impact it has on the children that are already there. 
Think about the impact that has because you think that you're not giving off that wave of like, I don't want, I don't think they know. I don't think they've noticed. Yeah, they, they do. They have noticed and they are already going to feel a way about their dad in having a baby with somebody else because it still hurts that their parents are not together. On top of that, you're then upset that the dad is making time or trying to make his children still feel special despite the new baby mm-hmm. coming. He's not neglecting your child. He's just trying to make sure that his older children don't feel away now that there's a new baby. They're not going to be forgotten about. How can you take issue with that? I just, I I, I have no sympathy. And I was trying to be grey. I was trying to be grey. I was trying to think, do you know what? I understand it's the hormones, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. I, I think to, for you to even fix up your fingers to type that on the internet, go and see. <laughs> Honestly, because I am now an adult who's gone through that journey with a step parent, that's why I feel that I am in a position to say that. I'm not talking as somebody who's with somebody who's got kids. That's not my thing. And maybe if I was in that position, actually, do you know? No, if I was in that position, because I've been through it, I know what not to do. If you haven't been in that position, that's maybe why you're speaking up like that. But think to yourself that those children have already had to see their parents separate. They already have to navigate going back and forth. And then they also, on top of that, are going to be worried. And it's only natural to think their dad's not going to love them as much. Maybe he's going to forget about them. And you're thinking, oh, I just wish it was just us three. Oh, shush. <laughs> like, I know. I mean, yeah, I am. I am. I am. I am. I think I, 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 I hear what you say. And yes, there's a lot of elements that I agree, but I do think there's a great area when it comes to set parenting. And the reasons why I think it's a great area is because we really do need to remember that's not your child. Those are not your children, right? So if I'm coming into a relationship, I know, yeah, to your point, I agree with you. If I'm coming to a relationship with somebody, they've got children, I'm going to accept that person and their kids as as it is. And I'm going to try my hardest to make it work. But I think what we need to remember is Joe, play out that children are innocent and they're stupid, right? Because if the children are not vibing with me, if they're not vibing with me, no matter what I do, right, they're not going to vibe with me and I could try it and I can try it and I can try it and it's not going to happen. And then when it starts to become disrespectful, which there are some experiences and some examples of that of that actually happening mm-hmm. with some people that I know, that makes it very hard because actually when do you, you need to encourage your partner to step in to check your children because you can't feel that you can't check them mm-hmm. because that's not your child. But then if, you know, that that's, that's, one, that's one element of it. They yeah. just might not like you. You don't really know where you can stand and if you can do it or not. Even if you do have the conversation with your partner and your partner says, you know what, absolutely, I'm going to encourage you to check them or feel free to have a conversation with them. You have a conversation with them, then your partner doesn't like the way that you spoke to their child. Then the child, It's a madness. Mm-hmm. So I do, I, I think there is a great area that people need to consider. And then what makes it even worse as well is I do feel that actually when you become a step parent, right, you're trying to manage your relationship with the partner, the relationship that you have with your partner's children, and equally the relationship that you have with your partner's children's mother or father. Mm-hmm. Right, because now the mother and father is going to know that's that's big because you're not in a relationship with just the individual or two or the individual and their children. You're in a relationship with 
the whole family. Mm-hmm. So you could have a really great relationship with your with your partner's child, great. But actually, your partner's children's the the the, the mother or the other the other half, their previous ex other half, could really not like you. And no matter what you do, that's always going to play a part. Their behavior. You don't really know what's going on behind closed doors when the kids go back to them, right? So yeah. they could be dropping little seeds, literally trying to mash up your relationship through the children. So I do think that there's a gray area. And I think that, you know what, if people, I in regards to the example that you used around, obviously, the woman saying, oh, you know, she just wishes that he didn't have kids, et cetera, et cetera, that's bollocks. Like, you just need to stop doing that because, you know what, that's not okay. And I agree with you. You knew you were going to come into uh, the relationship with the individual so I think you should just you you need to uh, accept the children for actually being there and try your best to almost like formulate um, a really strong relationship with all of them but I have to disagree with you and say there is a definitely a grey area yeah I I think it's a grey area okay cool right yeah in answer to your point I do agree that obviously when they're bad like step kids can be badly behaved so that my issue is not the badly behaved or the going back and forth and I also agree mm. about in terms of you have to build a relationship with all three areas, the partner, the child and the child's extended family, i.e. their mum or dad. What my issue is, is that I think when people step into it naively, that is where I think it's mm-hmm. why stepping in naively to think that you can just build a new life. But I also yeah. understand that children can be difficult and that they can lie and all sorts and you've got to discipline. But you're not there to be their mum or dad. You're there to be a responsible yeah. adult, more or less. You're not. It's like, it's like a teacher. You're not there to be their parent. They already have a mum. They already have a dad. You're just the third adult coming into the mix. And you're right. Sometimes they're never going to like you. They're never going to grow to warm towards you. Yeah. I just think don't then use that as a reason to then say, well, I just wish it was us three. Because I bet the kids think you, they wish you they wish you weren't there either. It's it's mutual based. I think if you're the adult, yeah. kids are very reactive and emotional. Of course, they're always going to say that like they wish that you weren't there. But if you are the responsible adult, it's I don't know why you would say it. Uh, they could be absolute shits. That's very true. But you don't yeah. have to engage them in that way. They already have a parent. It's not your job to parent them. They have someone to do that job. But you, you're right. You should speak to your partner. You should say, I think your children are being disrespectful towards me. I think this, if you're genuinely doing nothing wrong and you don't understand why they're being that way towards you, then I think you're within your rights to say to your partner, I, I'm trying my best here and I, I don't seem to be winning. Where this story yeah. gave me an issue is that actually you have a good relationship with the kids so that you actually have no mm. problem with them and you're and you're saying that. So I know mm. I'm biased and I know I'm being very, very tough. And I'm very sorry to anybody who's a step-parent listening to this and thinking, God, she really doesn't understand. But it's because I've been through the journey. And I know yeah, absolutely. So as a, and, and into my adult life. And I just think there are some really lovely people who are make amazing step parents and they really go out of their way mm-hmm. to be fantastic towards the children. That's not, not the people I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about people who are making a real effort and not getting anything back. Not talking about those people either. I'm talking about the ones who just, I don't know, what, what was your goal here? <laughs> what, what did you want? You met a man or you met a woman and they have children. Like, what what do you want out of that situation? Okay, you want to have your own family, but you must understand that the, there's, there's stuff coming with it. But I know I'm being harsh. I'm being harsh. So no, no, no. I hear you. I'm the grey area. I just don't buy into it. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not agree to disagree. Um, 
I think we covered quite a few things about boundaries. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think mean, the values as well, like, yeah, definitely. you know, like, so how do you, like, if you are in that, in the experience where you're being a step-parent, mm. like, you know, how, what, how, how do you, how do you ask the right questions to ensure that, you know, your partner has your children's best interests, like, at heart? Like, how, how do you do that? Do you know what? Because that's almost like a little bit of an interview, isn't it? it? Is Could you imagine meeting somebody, you're like, okay, I'm going to interview you, I've got kids, so duh, 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 tell me what your values yeah. are, your values don't match to me. Okay, next, please. Like, how, how, <laughs> how do you manage that? You can't get that information from a transaction. It takes time. Yeah. But then children are so precious that I think you do have to treat like an interview. I think actually... You're absolutely. Do you know what? If I was, if I met someone who had kids, you absolutely have the right to interrogate me before I come anywhere near your children. Because too many <laughs> times you read, you know what I mean. Too many times I've read horrible stories. You know of like, you know, it's just I don't even want to get into it. But it can be so depressing knowing what can mm. happen if you don't actually interrogate that person that you're bringing around your children. So I think sometimes as well. And I've seen it. People get caught up in the gloss of what they think a good parent will be towards their child. So because they have that relationship with that person outside of meeting the children, they think, oh, because the person's like this or they do this or they give money to the homeless, that means they're going to be an excellent mum or they're going to be an excellent dad. Don't get twisted. That's very different Mm. when you have an emotional investment in a relationship to being a good person outside of the home. Because we have our home face and we have our outdoor face and when you're at home it's very different you know what I mean when you're with your children with your partner with your husband your mum your dad you're very different not massively but there's different faces that people see and sometimes children even though they can be little shits sometimes they see that true face they know they know that that person is not genuine that person's not good they're trying to tell you mum they're trying to tell you dad please like this you know and I think sometimes kids get a hard rap like in being told that that they're just being petty or whatever it is when it's not always mm. true um my own experience with experience with step parents i'll just keep it very brief um not for me <laughs> not for me i i it's just i i'm i'm not the person in the relationship so i cannot handle um i'm not responsible for managing the relationship but as someone who's been a byproduct of that relationship and also having half siblings in that situation um, I mm. think sometimes you, as you grow older, you start to, when you're a kid, you don't understand that. I remember I didn't have a dad. So actually having yeah. a dad to pay dad role was very nice for me, actually. But as you get older, you start to see that maybe they're not as great as you thought they were. And, you, you know, you look at how, when you're older, same way with mum and dad, like if, if it's your parents together, mm. you start to see like, why does dad treat my mum like this? Or why is mum not acting like this? You start to see them as people, not just parents. And you actually yeah. got to understand that actually maybe this is not quite right. So for me, as I said, that's why I'm, I'm so black and white about it. If I was to step into a relationship, now that I've got a child of my own and I was to step into a relationship with someone who's got children, please interrogate me. <laughs> please check that I am the right Yeah, person no, you're right. To, for your family, because I might not be. Maybe the way that I parent is completely yeah. different. To be honest, it's not my place to get involved with what you do with your child. I can only try my best to be a responsible adult. If something happens to your yeah, child, I've- you're not available... I've got to go pick them up, right? If their mum is not around, yeah. I've got to do that. You know, if the child is starving and it's just me and them, I can't not cook for them. I've got to cook them some food. Do you know what I mean? 
But the point is, my mum's feeds better than yours. My mum's feeds better than yours. That's what you're gonna hear. Right? And if these times, if someone said to me, I'll be like, you know what? You can need to go and make your own sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's seven o'clock. What are you having for dinner? Bread. <laughs> Bread, yeah, and bar. Don't even, uh, don't, don't even go to the fridge and use that bar. You can do her dry bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and also, um, yeah, I think I, I, you know, we talked about um, values, but also the physical location. Yeah. Are you yeah, really, that's really important. Like, I just mm. sometimes that upsets a child when, like, the parent has moved so far away. Like, it's not as easy to see them anymore because they've moved to be with their new girlfriend or new wife or they've moved to be with their new husband or new boyfriend. That's really hard. It has such a big impact on, like, being carted around from house to house. That's not nice for children. And so I think I'm of the opinion that if the, the the person without the child should move to be with the person with the child, I think you should move to their area not even into the house. You could get oh, a house yeah, together yeah. because that child. Normally, what tends to happen is like when parents split, split up, they're probably not that far away from each other in terms of visiting. That child's also got school there. They've got friends. They've built up their life there. I don't agree with a parent uprooting their child to be with the single person. And I'm sorry if that's if you've done that and you think I'm being a bit harsh. Mm. Why? Um, I, 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 to be honest, I actually don't care. But if, if you, <laughs> I love the way that you sort of say, "I'm sorry if you're that person." Actually, no, you don't care. Just talk the things. It's I, I fine because you know what? It comes from two things. One, my experience being a stepchild. Two, being a teacher and seeing that what the impact that has on children. And three, now being a parent. That's my. That's so. This is my experience. If you think that it's worked for you, fantastic. Good for you. Gold star. I'm just going to say that I think that if you're uprooting a child and they're not close to the things that they've been used to, when they're 15, 16, that's different. When they're going to college, that's different. But when a child is like under the age of 10, my opinion, I don't understand why you uproot to move to a single person. Why would you do mm. that? They should be moving to be with you. They should be moving up. They're, they have less to lose. I mean, what, have you, what? You've got to drive a bit more to get to work. Okay. Um, what you got to drive yeah. to go and visit your, your 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 sister? So what? Like at the end of the day, the yeah, it's it's disruptive. And, and I think that actually, if you then agree to obviously say sorry to to jump in there, but if you turn in and say you know if you agree um, to you know accept that person and their children, then actually you're agreeing to make some sort of sacrifices yeah. and yeah, sacrifices in your personal life. And actually, I think that's that. You know, you may be moving the location of where you live and moving in with your partner. I think that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Like to your partner say, actually, they've been able to change elements of their life for me and my children or my child. So I think that definitely speaks volumes. So, yeah, no, 100 percent. I agree with you. (laughs) Really sacrificing the love of your partner and and their child. And Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's just if if I had someone who had no children and they would do that for me, that's like tick. I, I know that you are, you're yeah. putting our my my family. You understand the importance of that to me, but I get it. Some people they just they they think that that's a better thing to do. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's I don't know what it could be. To be quite honest with you, because I don't know how you can justify that. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I know that there's going to be people who are going to. I know I'm, I'm really 
not sorry, but it's just that's me. Um, it's not every, every day. It's not every day fun and j- games. You know, sometimes it's like this is this, we're talking the things and it's it's real. So I just think, I agree. You know, so I just think that you must have a reason if you need to. Maybe it's financially easier for you to do mm. that. Great, but it's only a sh- it's only a small sacrifice for you to just even if it was just like wait till the kid's sixteen. Do you know what I mean? They're going to college and they're doing their own mm-hmm. thing. And then, then, oh, you know what? They can move to, uh, you You guys can move out of the home that the child is in, move into a new home so that that partner feels like, okay, at least we're starting afresh, but stay in the same area. Like, why do you have to just disrupt? I just, I don't get it. But anyway, <laughs> I've been really harsh this episode. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, I love it. I, I love know. It. I just, I just, I know. I'm no, I know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the last point I want to ask is um, what do you think you can do if you both have children and like how will you navigate building relationships between both families because you've got now we've got two ex-partners two sets of children and now two mm. people in a relationship like what what do you think you can do to try and navigate that if any advice you have like what would you say oh my god that's yeah that's a big one I think some key I'm going to try and keep it really concise I think yeah. for me it's about transparency open and honest communication yeah. I think there's an element of you having to facilitate a meeting uh with you know like actually if I this is my partner let me facilitate me with my kids and mm. this person and then I would hope my partner would do the same with their kids etc etc and I think once that is solid first of all then depending on what the relationship is like with you know my ex-partner um or my children's uh, uh, mother, uh, father then what I would do is I would then um yeah again have a conversation and try to facilitate kind of like a meeting to introduce my new partner to my old partner because I think once that's solid then that's it but I think the most important thing is making sure that you are solid with your partner and your partner is solid with your kids as well that's the most important thing because actually once that happens then I think if you can you can manage all the other fuckery that might come into it or anything else but I think it's quite hard yeah to try and that that is a lot of people you're trying to manage but I think as the uh, as, as, the, as the person who has the children, I think you need to facilitate an environment, but then equally it's up to your partner to be able to, to help you on that on, on that journey, but not own it because the value of it is that's not the kids, but you just need to be there and give your partner the permission and support your partner in trying to facilitate that environment. That would be kind of like my thing. What about you? I, I don't know if that makes sense. Did that make sense? Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, I agree. Did. I think if yeah. your relationship is solid, you make that strong first. And then I agree with you, then you can navigate how to deal with each person's children and how to build a relationship and slowly does it. You know, kids take a while to warm to people that are coming around their parents. So there's no need to rush it, you know, just take your time with it. But I'm not an expert. I'm not, I'm not had that situation. So, you know, if there's any listeners who actually have been through that experience, you know, if you've got some top tips please feel free to send them into us because yeah, send you know, them in, send them in. actually it would be very interesting to hear someone who's going through that situation, like what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. I do think that as we yeah. get older, especially once you're in your thirties, it's very hard to find somebody who hasn't got children. Actually, you might actually find that no matter what, there's always going to be some baggage, especially if someone's been walking on this planet for over 30 years, there's something going to be there. Um, yeah. And I, again, I don't have firsthand experience, but I just do think that if you're going to step into something and you've got kids and they've got kids, making sure your kids are comfortable is the first step. 
And like you said, the relationship that you have with you and your partner, if that is strong and it's built on a foundation mm-hmm. of love and honesty and respect for each other, then that will, yeah. make, that will translate down to the children. I think don't be so quick mm-hmm. to dismiss if your children are like, I don't like her, I don't want to meet her, I'm not coming, can it just be us two? It's okay for that for that to be all right. It's all right to say to your but, partner, yeah. to say, do you know what, do you want this weekend? I know I was meant to see you, but how about I spend half a day with my, my, my daughter or my son and then I'll see you in the yeah. evening or I will have lunch together first and then why don't you come at the end? Sometimes I feel like some parents yeah. might force it, like, oh, we've all got to have lunch together. No, 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 you can yeah. break it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think you kind of you said it concisely. You you had it there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go on to our final thoughts before I get hate mail. Um, my our final thoughts. Are, yeah, your final thoughts. Um, go ahead. So yeah, what's your I final thoughts? Parenting is a massive minefield, um, but I do think children mm-hmm. are the ones who face the consequences of a parent's actions. So just I think mm-hmm. just be mindful of how respectful you are of your ex-partner in front of your children, number one. Mm -hmm. And also be sure and confident in the decision you've made about starting a relationship with someone new Um, and that, and about introducing them into your children's lives as a step-parent, just to just minimise the tension between you, your child, and also your partner. That, you know, just just work on that slowly. People can change in relationships, it happens. But I think as long as your intentions are are pure and they're good, no matter what, if there's a breakdown with a step-parent or whatever, I think that your relationship with your kids can be salvaged if if your intentions mm-hmm. are right um, and it won't permanently damage as long as you make sure that you you try and make sure that that child, it's not that they're not not a priority, they are a priority, but they're, they're still important to you. So I think that's my mm. final thought. What about you? I think your final thought is just, yeah, you've hit everything uh, on the heads. You hit the nails on the heads. Yeah, I think, you know what, as you agree, I, I agree with you that like, parenting is tough. Um, I do feel my key takeaways would be if you are, again, keep it really respectful with your ex-partner because actually your behaviours will have massive impacts on how your children will operate, behave to them and behave to others as well. I think that I am a true believer in people really trying to weed out like shaggery and fuckery in their lives so they can be the best version of themselves like if you want to stay and make a conscious effort to stay and try to make the relationship work for the sake of your children then hands down to you that's good for me if I feel that there's no point I will be coming out of that relationship because as I said I need to be the best version of myself for my kids and that's the most important thing for me um I think a key takeaway is absent parents so mothers fathers you absolutely need to step it up because you don't necessarily appreciate and you don't know which and we but we all know that you know because you've gone through that as well um (laughs) that you know what the 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 childhood trauma and unanswered questions from childhood will seep into your children's lives so you need to feel free to communicate and sometimes it can be difficult conversations but actually I think people need to understand this thing that like children of today they're not stupid they get information in in under like 10 seconds right so by you trying to protect and not say anything I think you do more damage than good because I don't necessarily think no you don't need to go into the ins and outs of actually the challenges and the troubles that you're obviously having but I think it's okay to actually have a conversation with your children depending on the age and be like you know what sometimes mummy and daddy or whatever or dad and dad or mum and mum we are going through something we're trying to work it out etc etc but you know what we're cool we're gonna your most important thing is you so I think that whole 
reassurance and don't be afraid to, as I said, yeah, be transparent with your kids within reason. Yeah. I think those are like the takeaways. Um, but yeah, that's my takeaways for the episode. <laughs> that's a one. Um, I yeah. know. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to probably rub some people up the wrong way, but hey. It's, it's all good, but you know what? It's absolutely fine. We're not here to be too political and we're not no. here to be too correct either. So there you go. That's very true. <laughs> so with love and light, <laughs> with love and light, um, we wish you a good day and a good evening wherever you are. And um, don't let lockdown get you down. Awesome. (laughs) Guys, see you around later. Take care. Bye.